This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at DCAUReview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everyone, to episode 118 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, and with me is our other host, my good brother and good friend. It's Liam. Liam, welcome back to the DCAU Review. Yes, we are continuing with our Creature Feature Month, and we have another episode of Batman to talk about this week, that being the very memorable, perhaps not for good reason, Moon of the Wolf. Yes, uh, so we if you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, you can go ahead and check that out in the archives at dcaureview.com or streaming on your favorite podcast app. But go back and check that out. As we mentioned, this is our first episode back uh, really in about five months. Well, that was our first episode back in about five months to the Batman, the animated series. And uh, it, it was, it was not one that was memorable for good reasons. I would say Liam, uh, we mentioned that there was something in the water around this time during the production of these episodes because they decided to do this weird bunch of episodes that had to do with like half man, half beasts and like mutagens and DNA manipulation and uh, amongst other things. So I don't know what was happening with this. I did was surprised to hear that this apparently was based on a comic from the seventies, but we can get to that once we go into our plot and such. But uh, before we do that, I'm sure we have the official internet movie database. That's right. The IMDB synopsis that will hopefully shed some light on the plot synopsis for this week's fine episode which you mentioned was moon of the wolf originally debuted on the fox kids probably a saturday after or a weekday afternoon on november the 11th 1992 putting us uh, coming up here on the 28 year anniversary of that episode debut yes and this is the synopsis for moon of the wolf which was written by len wine uh, directed by Dick Sebas, with music by Richard Bronskill, and animation by Acom Production Studios. <laughs> <laughs> and that synopsis reads as such. Might be the worst one ever. <clears throat> <laughs> Batman investigates sightings of an apparent werewolf. <sighs> All right. Well, we have a lot of heavy lifting to do here, Liam, so we might as well jump into it. Uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about when it comes to visuals, I imagine, so we'll jump into that in just a little bit. Before we do, we might as well discuss the plot that was not so eloquently ironed out in the IMDb <laughs> synopsis. Uh, but basically, we have Batman investigating the appearance of a werewolf. Yeah, 
So this is based on, as you mentioned, <laughs> yeah, that's as if that's, what else do we need to say, really? Might as well just give scores now. That's but, right. Uh, no, yeah, no, this is based on, as you mentioned, a comic book. It was Batman issue number 255, which was uh, written by the same man who wrote this episode, Len Wein, who probably most famously wrote a lot of Swamp Thing and Wolverine. Um, you know, pretty, pretty prolific comic book writer a lot of a lot of stuff under his belt but he's the writer here for the episode and for the original comic it's based on uh and the art of that issue was by neil adams so this is like it's in like that sort of when batman was sort of being transformed away from the camp and back into the edgier grittier detective stories but yes here in the middle of that run we just have this one-off tale where he happens to fight a werewolf and Quite honestly, I actually went back and read this issue on the DC Universe app. Surprise, subscribe while you still can, kids. And I, <laughs> uh, I, uh, it's pretty much, it's not word for word, but it's pretty much straight, a straight adaptation. Like there's very little changed other than a little bit of the motivation of, uh, of the, the Wolfman, uh, aka Tony Romulus. Um, but it's pretty much it's pretty much a straight up ad- adaptation, and I think it works better as a 1970s comic book than it does as a 1990s cartoon. I'll say that. Yeah, I did happen to pull that issue up as well uh, on the DC Universe app. Um, highly recommend it while you still can, as you said. <laughs> uh, it's um, yeah, it's. It definitely fits that era of uh, Neil Adams sort of bringing back the, you know, detective noir Batman era. Uh, It sort of, as we mentioned last week in the Tiger Tiger episode that we reviewed, these, for a show that's mostly grounded in reality, obviously reality in the sense that uh, you don't have a lot of, unexplained sci-fi elements with mm-hmm. a, with a few exceptions with a few exceptions nothing too superficial yet has been involved a lot of it you know explained away with technology or you know even in the man bat episode which uh, you can hear on leather wings back on our very first episode in the archives even that is sort of explained away as sort of this mad scientist messing with with you know the blood of blood of bats and experimenting for for good reason and he he has his reason behind it and um it just kind of it's an experiment gone wrong and even that is based more in mystery than it is in i think the the the, the fantastic sci-fi uh, angle but with that said this ep- this episode plot wise uh, so it does follow the story as you said of Mr. Romulus and we are introduced to the wolf immediately at the beginning of the episode batman believes it to be a, a man in a costume which kind of left my head scratching cuz that makes it seem like batman's an idiot helen get me we need to talk i wish you'd stop doing that just tangled with a mugger in a werewolf mask i tried to stop him and he threw a guy off a bridge mean anything to you a werewolf mask let's take a look only thing that even comes close is two alaskan timber wolves stolen from the city zoo last friday the victim's name was john hamner from his uniform i'd say he works for the zoo 
I doubt it's a coincidence. I'll get Bullock on it. Helen, get me Harvey Bullock. Yeah, ASAP. Hmm. Something wrong, Batman? Just had a disturbing thought, that's all. Like, <laughs> this guy is clearly a massive, muscular human being. I don't know how, like, on hind legs and I, and everything, like, has, has actual paws and claws. Like, I, I don't well, know again, how... again, like, and, and post meeting the the tiger man from last week and man bat and Clayface, he's still like well there must be some reasonable like it's like no you know like three different guys who like got <laughs> turned into weird monsters through through you know mad scientists i don't know why this was like ah oh, he's like stroking his chin trying to you know puzzle piece together the puzzle here it's like yeah, that, there's a little bit of there's actually something later on that I want to talk about about Batman being an idiot. But yeah, you're right. He's just he's bound and determined that this is a a man in a costume for about the first six or seven minutes of the episode, at least. And I feel like they try and sort of they sort of like they sort of allude to who the person is, but they don't come right out and say it right away as if it's supposed to be some sort of surprise that this Anthony Romulus is the Wolfman. Like they, they sort of show him transform back into his human form, but they don't really show him. But then there's this mysterious person that's working out with Bruce Wayne. Speaking of Batman being an idiot, why is Bruce Wayne working out in a turtleneck sweatshirt? <laughs> Can you explain that to me? Well, that's a visuals. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But anyway, yeah. he's working out with this guy who calls himself the best athlete. And he's, he set up this whole thing where he's going to donate money and he'll double his donation to the got what do you say the Gotham Gothcourt Foundation or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and he'll double it if Batman comes to personally pick up the check and that doesn't sound suspicious at all. Well yeah, I mean it's 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 just it's a weird setup again that is right out of the uh, the comic adaptation but yes, it's very it's very strange that he would make that or that Batman would do it. I mean, couldn't Bruce Wayne just quietly like match that donation himself and not do like a publicity stunt as Batman? Like, I don't know. Like it's, it's not it's even at, I thought it was supposed to be at like an event too. Like he's going to, like they mentioned that it's going to be an event and he just shows this guy's penthouse. <laughs> also, also, so he, he shows up to the penthouse he gets locked in the room without even noticing, and then all of a sudden, there's gas that enters the room, but the gas only affects Bruce Wayne or Batman. Mm-hmm. It only affects Batman. It doesn't affect the, the half man, half wolf, and it doesn't affect Doctor Milo, who quickly walks into the room afterwards. It only knocks out Batman. It's Batman-specific knockout gas. <laughs> and like you could again, you can throw like two lines of dialogue in and throw some pseudoscience at us about how they've already been inoculated against whatever the the gas is not that i don't i don't think there's like a a, a <laughs> vaccine you can take to yeah your anti knockout gas vaccines but at least you could like say that and that would be an explanation but no yeah it just he just passes out and the other guys are fine um also i don't know i don't know if this covers plot or visuals but i swear to god at the end of that scene, they're taking his utility belt off. Yep. And then he and then he just has it. 
when and for the final confrontation. Hundred percent. Nope. He definitely. They definitely okay. take it off, and that was definitely a, a mistake by the animate. There's a lot of animation mistakes. I think that you could that could throw be thrown in this plot though. So, yeah. That was that was a, a head scratcher. Also, also he doesn't go to his utility belt to attempt to pull out. He pulls out some random bobby pin off of the ground. <laughs> right, which would make you think, well, he doesn't have any access to any of his gadgets. But here we are. And any anyway, but yeah, my my other thing, my other Batman's kind of an idiot in this episode thing is like, so he goes and he goes to Commissioner Gordon and they have a chat. And and Gordon's like, I'll get Bullock on this. And and Batman spends like the next you know part of the episode just puzzling, can't figure out what's going on. Is this guy in a costume? Is it a real werewolf? How do these wolves that were stolen from the zoo like how do they all fit together? Meanwhile, like Bullock just immediately shows up at the zoo and is like, Hey, hey man, I checked your because at the start of the episode, this zoo this zoo security guard unclear if it's the same zoo security guard from last week's episode or not i think it is who, uh, who saw garth the ape man and selena kyle at the at the at the uh, gotham zoo but uh anyway this this guy who they again specifically name for some reason he has a, his full name is given um and uh anyway so like bullock looks into this guy for two seconds and was like oh like the day before these these wolves went missing someone deposited a bunch of money into your bank account. So you definitely let them take them and they were trying to kill you to cover up the loose end. Like it took Bullock like nine seconds to figure this out. Meanwhile, Batman's like sitting in the Batcave watching a documentary about wolves. Like, <laughs> an idiot. And then he gets, yeah. knocked out, and then he gets only Batman knockout gassed. Is it getting hot in here? Hot? Why, no, I don't believe so. It is hot. And there's something wrong with the air in here. It's, of course, gas. Don't know what you're trying to pull, but you're not going to. I'm sorry, Batman, but you really should have taken the Dr. Drink. Gets to use his utility belt. Although again, maybe that's an animation mistake. But Batman's in between not very then, smart. yeah, yeah, he isn't very smart in this episode. Now, in between then, we get what seems and feels like 18 minutes of exposition of how uh, Anthony Romulus <laughs> ends up becoming the Wolfman, which we find out is he was an athlete that was training for the quote-unquote fall games or something like that. I think obviously it's a Stand in for the Olympics. Um, Is Olympics so, trademark? You know, he's this athlete. Absolutely, 100%. Oh yeah, the the Olympic like the Olympic committee committee is famous for coming at people with cease and desist for like I'm sure the name okay. they probably could have called it like. No, maybe not. I would say maybe maybe yeah, it definitely is. I think it is trademarked though. Yeah. All right. So that's probably why they ended up not going with that, if I had to guess. Um, with that said, though, so he was an athlete training for the Olympics. He wanted that extra edge, didn't want to take steroids because it was too easily too easily discovered. So instead, he takes steroids mixed with werewolf mutagen. It, no, specifically, Milo says it's, it's 
whatever these wolves are, Alaskan timber wolf estrogen is specifically what he says. There you go. And wouldn't you know it, it starts making him turn into a werewolf. And Dr. Milo convinces this extremely smart man, despite the fact that this gave him the uh, ability to do better in the games, clearly nobody scratched their head at the fact that the man was able to jump 32 feet or whatever it was. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, that's that's fine. Uh, He wins all the the awards. He gets endorsements and accolades. He wins all the Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) I guess he was a decathlon or whatever, but they show him doing like eight different sports. Yep, he wins all of them, and uh, he gets he's uh, he's suddenly the spokesman for Champ Flakes, I believe is what the what the box of cereal said. Uh-huh. And uh, then he gets all the ladies and the popularity, and now he's Gotham's most famous athlete. And uh, unfortunately, though, the side effects, as we mentioned, he turns into a wolf. He then comes back to Dr. Milo looking for a cure, and Dr. Milo convinces him that he can't cure this little, like, what does he call it? Like, semi wolfism? Yes. Se- semi werewolfism or lycanthropy is incurable. <laughs> There's no cure. But if he turns him fully into a wolf man, then he can cure him. And this guy's like, yep, all right, makes sense to me. By the way, werewolfism. Just a tremendous, absolutely fake disease. I love it. Yes, yes, it's pretty. It's pretty great. Werewolf. Um, but the, I, I just like that they like they speak about it clinically in the episode. He's like, ah, this affliction that uh, the rare affliction of werewolf. Werewolfism. So I guess right. there are other werewolves out there in in this DCAU. I don't know if we run into any others, but. <laughs> So he convinces him to go full werewolf, Liam, and you know what they say, never go full werewolf. <laughs> that's right. That's uh, um, And unfortunately yeah. for Milo, that's, that's like his downfall because he like just after pissing him off and like taunting him for five minutes, uh, Milo allows him to turn into the wolfman in front of him and then is like surprised when the werewolf is angry with him tries and tries to, to kill him. him. Yeah. A lot of dumb people in this episode. <laughs> yes, and then uh, you know he and Batman have a brief fight. Oh, they 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 they're like in a on a, a construction site. So Batman uh, like throws a wrecking ball at him, and the wolf catches it and is like swinging back at Batman. But as he does, he gets struck by lightning and falls into the water. And I would just like to say that the comic version, a thousand times better. Um, he, yes. In the comic, he, a piece of rebar goes through his chest, and then the lightning strikes the rebar, and he like turns into a ball of flame and, and plummets down yes. into, into the harbor. Uh, much cooler and obviously probably not kid-friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, uh, I would agree. But... Uh, yeah, and then we kind of just have we have this like weird little like again this like horror movie-ish ending where the, there's like some people being shown his house uh, this uh, this you know this great mansion that he lived in because he because he won all Olympics and right. and he, and they're like oh man whatever happened to this guy why would he just up and disappear he had it all and then it just sort of cuts not particularly like artfully <laughs> to just a full moon and you see a wolf head pop up and howl. And that's the end of the episode. 
Yeah, very similar weird ending to last week's episode where it's just a moon and there's no real resolution and this character never comes back or returns. As we mentioned, he does make an appearance in that Batman Adventures tie-in comic book that includes a crossover with Man, Bat, and, Ti- and Tigress, but we really don't... Yeah, there's not there's not a clear reason as to why they left it open-ended, uh, or, or if there were ever plans to bring this guy back. It's just, like I said, we just, like, I guess other than to do that's what you do at the end of a monster movie is you, you do the little cliffhanger to let you know that the monster's still out there, but yeah. Uh, overall, it's just, like I said, the comic is decently enjoyable for a 1970, you know, a mid-70s Batman tale. Uh, mm-hmm. Did I don't think it worked at all for a for a cartoon of the mid 90s, or certainly not from today. And for that reason, and for a lot of what we talked about, I I gave Plot this week a three out of ten. Wow, that is low. Uh, I ended up giving it. I went a little higher. I went a five out of ten. Um, I I think that the fight at the end between Batman and the werewolves saved this for me and i i honestly wish that there had been more fisticuffs between batman and a giant werewolf i pre- i like the <laughs> fact that he used tra- attempted to use the same uh same maneuver that he used on the shark in joker fish where he takes a chain and attempts to corral and wrestle it to the ground mm. uh, batman's ingenuity I do in the comic book he is not narrating out loud at talking to the beast he's sort of thinking his dialogue obviously we typically don't have that in a Batman episode I wonder if it would have been a little bit better to have some some narration from a you know from a first person uh, standpoint of Bruce narrating this episode if that would have changed it a little bit made it feel a little bit less hokey but we'll get into that with voice acting later on uh, but yeah I, I think that I think that as I liked it better than last week's episode as far as plot is concerned but it's mm-hmm. to me I guess the ultimate moral that last week didn't have a moral of the story there was no moral of the story I think this week's moral of the story is don't be a dumb idiot <laughs> <laughs> don't take wolf steroids and and don't trust uh, evil clearly evil doctors who offer you random serums or random amounts of money right yes all of, all of the above also yeah. if you choose to do that and then that serum allows you to win all olympics maybe don't double cross that doctor immediately after you're done because that's another that's another like wrinkle to this is before he has to go to Milo to get the cure, like Milo is like, hey, man, I helped you. You know, that formula clearly helped you win all of the Olympics. Uh, can I get some money? And he's like, and he like shoves him out the door and shoves him down the steps. He's like, I got here on my own. Screw you, Milo. And then like, you know, eight minutes later, he's he's turned into a wolf. <laughs> Sorry man, for but, them. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's yeah, there's no like there's no tr- we talk about this all the time with. So many of the the Batman rogues have this like tragic element to it, and it's like no, it's like this guy cheated at sp- wanted to have an unfair advantage in his sport or sports, and then he was an idiot and tried to double cross the guy who helped him win. So like, there's no there's no redemption for him. There's nothing like there's no reason to feel sorry for him or to 
or to like feel for him when Milo won't give him the antidote. It's like, no, it's one bad guy using another bad guy. Uh, also, I guess we should mention that sort of retroactively, this is a Easter egg for the Splicers uh, and uh, some of the Cadmus arc. Uh, that- Dr. Milo plays uh, some role in that later on as that we'll get to when we down the line when we review those, but uh, he does retroactively have something to do. So this, I guess, ultimately plays a tiny role retroactively in the Batman Beyond world. But uh, yeah, (laughs) They, they did that retroactively. Yes, definitely. All right. Liam, let's move on to our next category, which, man, we spent a lot of time, surprisingly a lot of time, talking about plot. I think we are going to spend a lot of time also <laughs> talking about the visuals and animation here. Uh, as you heard me boo at the beginning, we have Acom Studios here, who most famously or infamously, if you will, uh, most recently did uh, one of our our lowest rated episodes of all time, that being Cat Scratch Fever, which also featuring Dr. Milo. So there's a pattern developing here. Uh, Liam, this the reason why we rated that so incredibly low is because the uh, a big reason why not only the story but also the animation is just hot garbage in that episode so this is the same studio and we mentioned in that episode that was the episode that got them fired from production on the batman the animated series but they still had some episodes left to finish out there have been a couple that we have covered since then and this is uh, hopefully i'm crossing my fingers one of the last i guess before we talk about all the things that we didn't like was there anything about this episode's animation that you did like um, so yeah, there are a couple things, um, uh, not necessarily directly related to the animation itself, but sort of the overall visuals. Um, I, I really like, like, I think the episode looks cool when, well, as far as there's like a lot of shadow work, uh, the transformation, I think the best, like pure animation is probably the transformation from, uh, you know, from when, when Romulus turns into the Wolfman, like that's Definitely. probably that's probably the best pure animation we get. There's one shot uh, during one of the flashbacks that's like completely in shadow, and we sort of see him burst out of his his shirt and and slowly transform. And then later in the episode, we get the the full transformation, and it's 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 very well done. That's probably the best like pure animation stuff from the from the episode. As far as other visual things, I liked. I think that final battle, it's an interesting locale to have it in this, like, construction yard. And, um, like, with the lightning striking behind it and everything, and, a lot again, a lot of the shadow work and stuff, I think they do some some pretty cool stuff with it. I think the shot of the wolfman getting uh, electrocuted by the lightning is, is pretty cool. So there's there are some uh, positive visuals in this episode. Uh, yeah, and there are also some not so positive ones. But was uh, was there anything that stood out to you in the positive category for visuals in this episode? Um, I think I've decided of the Batman models. I feel like I like this Batman model a little bit more than the one that we featured last week with the swooped back ears and the much larger chin. Mm-hmm. This one, this one seems a little bit more on model for me. Batman looked 
on model, I guess. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that the transformations of the Wolfman, uh, while t in today's standards, that would be a much easier thing to do with digital animation and the advancements in technology. Thinking about this in 1992's form and what was available for them at the time, this is all hand-drawn stuff. So you can definitely t tell at least, you know, I watched the DVD version of it. You can tell, and I, it's probably been cleaned up a little bit, I imagine, for the Blu-ray. But uh, you can tell certainly that the this has been hand-drawn, and I feel like that adds a little bit of character to it. It reminds me a lot of the transformation that you may have seen in the Incredible Hulk uh, animated series that lasted a little bit mm -hmm. on UPN at the time, or you know any of those other you know cartoons where you had some some weird transformations. It actually uh, harkens back to on Leather Wings, where where uh, Kirk Langstrom transforms into Man Bat. So the transformation was definitely good. I I liked the appearance of the Wolfman too. He you know he has these giant hand claws, and like I said, he stands up sort of on he has wolf slash canine back feet where he's standing up on the pads of his feet and uh, um, you know uh, Dr. Milo's a nerdy looking guy with a certainly <laughs> memorable look uh, taken directly from the comics he has a very similar look as he does in the comic book so I appreciate that other than that uh, I was a little bit freaked out by Anthony Romulus's unibrow <laughs> <laughs> that was a choice wasn't it yes yeah, very Joe Flacco <laughs> that's what it reminded me of Lo local local son joe flacco here but uh yeah uh, of of the good the good i would say that was that was the good but there was an awful lot of bad in this episode yeah and like it starts out almost like immediately so this episode opens as we mentioned with this zookeeper who's walking his dog in a park and they do like this fake out where uh he hears footsteps coming out of this tunnel behind him and then it's just like a lady jogging and they cut to like this wide shot uh where you can i guess to try to kind of show you the scale of everything like where the man is in relation to this bridge and to the tunnel that this lady just walked out of and and then they cut to this wide shot like three or four more times and so it's like a lot of extra animation because you have to animate like the whole bodies of first of this lady jogging and then of the the wolf man like shambling or rambling towards uh the the zookeeper and it looks bad yeah looks like most of there's like a fair amount of running in this episode and none of it looks good there's a scene later as you mentioned bruce i have to assume that bruce wayne has like some sort of complex with like showing skin and so that's why he's wearing a turtleneck and like slacks to work out. Maybe it's maybe it's to hide his battle wounds. Maybe there you go. Okay, that's a theory. But he, but he wears them baggy suits too. So I I feel like maybe he just he just has a little bit of a complex like body dysmorphia. I could see yeah. it. Um, and so but he's yes he's wearing this this big red turtleneck and he and and this this Olympic athlete uh, uh, Anthony Romulus are jogging together and it's just. It's rough. And pretty much any time there was running in this episode or, like, sustained motion, uh, it didn't look particularly good. And, again, a lot of that I feel like you can cover up if you just do close-ups and then, like, you just have their faces kind of shaking up and down. But, like, they, 
clearly like made an artistic choice to like, no, we're going to like pan out. It's going to be like a wide shot and we're going to see like their full bodies run into camera and then like run off of screen. And I, I'm just fascinated by that choice because clearly this studio was not talented enough to pull that off, but they kept doing it throughout the episode. I think, I think the term that we used back in cat scratch fever was like warbly, like the <laughs> characters are like warbly and vibrating when they're walking and shaking. And it's so, so bad. Uh, I would agree with you. The perspective issues in this episode are very, very apparent the, there's a scene where Batman jumps in the Batmobile after Alfred has been working on it, and the Batmobile has to go up this ramp, and it turns left, and then it turns right, and the back end looks like it's ginormous in, in one part, and then it shifts, and it's tiny, and then it's just it's very, very bad. A lot of perspective issues in this episode. The scene with Gordon also, uh, Batman shows up at Commissioner Gordon's office right after interacting with the wolf to begin with. There's uh, this weird, like, visual from the corner of the room and Batman's like walking around the room. There's perspective issues there and Gordon's hair keeps flipping back and forth. And it's, it's just not good. We already mentioned the issue of them taking the utility belt off when he's captured, but then the utility belt is on later. Uh, there were multiple times where the suit were uh, not the exact super friends thing happened, but Batman's bat actually loses its yellow color. There were yeah, it's two like whitish. Yeah. There were two times where the yellow around Batman's bat turns white mid animation stream. And this is funny. So, yeah, I actually watched this episode on the DC Universe app. So I watched like the HD version where they've corrected some of this stuff. Like I believe and you can speak to this having watched the DVD version, like Dr. Milo's coat changes color like three different times in this episode. Yeah, it's like white, then tan, then white again. Yeah. And on the on the HD remake version of this, they they have fixed that and it's white the whole time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was still some, there was still like some weird coloration stuff that they didn't fix. So I'm, I guess it's like the stuff that was, it was only the stuff that was like super noticeable that they go in and, and like completely change. But yeah, there's definitely, yeah, there's some weird coloration stuff and there's a lot of weird scaling. And like I said, just a general stiffness to the animation. And again, some of these, like the close ups, like as you said, the, the wolf, the wolf creature itself is like a really interesting design and like when he and batman are sort of are grappling and wrestling at the beginning of the episode it's kind of interesting it's actually like i think the shot where the wolfman knocks the 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 zoo the zookeeper the zoo guard into the water and batman dives off the bridge into the water i actually think that's like pretty good that looks that looks pretty good to me but these are these are kind of a few moments in what was a a 22 minute cartoon that just it wasn't very good and a lot of that's the animation but obviously not all of it can be blamed squarely on the animation because it's also as you said just some some other various visual inconsistencies did you catch the one background i believe it's at the zoo when harvey bullock goes to interview the zoo security guard that they spelled the word leopards incorrectly (laughs) i missed that one yeah, they spelled it Lepords, L-E-P-O-R-D-S. Nice. That's written written in the background, Lepords. 
um, yeah, so this is not a strong visual episode, which is sad because it, it has such a potential to be because of the type of e- episode that it is. I think if you go back and, and you wa- are to watch episodes like uh, On Leather Wings or we have Terror in the Sky coming up later this month as part of our Creature Feature Month, uh, <laughs> you you will see that there are episodes that can be done well with these sort of sci-fi creatures and even if the story doesn't match up or the plot isn't very strong if you have interesting visuals that can kind of save the score overall but this one man this one went right in the toilet Uh, i ended up giving visuals and animation for all the issues that we had despite having a visually interesting villain i ended up giving a four out of ten for visuals yeah i'm I'm right in that same ballpark i went three out of ten um my uh, my only other notes are there were a couple of cute little in jokes. One is when uh, Milo is is reading a paper and he, you see a picture of Batman on the front and it's like Batman stops crime or whatever, and it underneath it says photo taken by amateur photographer Bruce Tim. Uh, oh okay. And then the construction site where they are are hauled up is actually it's called. Uh, Sebast Construction, of course, in reference to the director of this and several other episodes of the series, uh, Dick Sebast. So there's some there's some cute little in jokes in there, but yes, yeah, sadly, uh, not 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 nearly enough in jokes to uh, to save uh, save this episode from a poor score from both of us. Well, agreed. All right, William, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be music. And I can tell you, from this episode, I remember the musical cue well. The opening title card, which comes across, which I did not mention, but the title card is a is a great visual also mm-hmm. for this episode. To shame the rest of the visuals or stinkers, because that title <laughs> card is great. Uh, I believe Eric Radomski was responsible for that one. So, mm-hmm. uh, tr- tremendous title card there. Uh, so, moving forward uh, here to music. That opening title card accompanied with the electric guitar, which uh, we have, it's still not like straight up Batman Beyond electric guitar. It's a little bit subdued, but this is the first time, I believe, in the Batman animated series world that we're hearing a soundtrack with featuring a electric guitar. Yeah, we may have had some acoustic a little bit, maybe back in the Forgotten, for instance, but this is our sure. first... Uh, yeah, this is, to my knowledge, this is the first time there's been an electric guitar used. And it is very interesting, because you mentioned, it's not like, yeah, this doesn't become, it's not necessarily like, the, say, the, the main man, uh, parts one and two, which we reviewed a couple months ago, which you can hear in the archives of DCAUReview.com, where kind of the whole soundtrack, once we introduce this Lobo character, is, it becomes like a rock soundtrack for the rest of the episodes. Uh, whereas this one, it's really just the Wolfman's theme that has that electric guitar. The rest of the episode is pretty traditional, you know, what you would expect from your average episode of Batman the Animated Series. Very, you know, more orchestral, a lot of strings, horns, that kind of stuff. And and then it's, it's sort of just when the Wolfman appears that we get this, this sort of refrain of this electric guitar. And it really, it's interesting. Um, I don't love it, but I do, I do like that they tried something so different. And... Like I said, I think it was an interesting choice not to just go, well, we're going to make all of the music like hard rock this week. It's really just the electric guitar is kind of mostly just kept to this this Wolfman theme. 
Yeah, it, it strictly sticks, as you said, just with the, when he makes his appearances. And to me, I felt like that that punctuated those scenes a little bit more. It brings up the uh, tenacity of the of the scenes. The importance of them is sort of heightened at that point. Um, and it sort of makes them just have a little bit more punch. And I, I get what you're talking about, and certainly... You know, when we discussed the episode, The Main Man, we talked about how that episode just has such a unique feel because of the soundtrack. And maybe if you had made the entire soundtrack, I could see where, you know, the entire soundtrack would have maybe made this entire episode uh, a, a, a bit more memorable. Uh, you know, I did not give music a perfect score for this episode, which is, mm-hmm. you know, could have could have changed based on the based on the use of that and maybe making it more memorable. I think you're right. It, it, it does make the scenes where it appears memorable, and, and certainly that opening scene. I can remember it was funny when I, I, you know, pulling back the curtain. I we did not watch this episode much uh, as we, when we were little. We I didn't because this is one of those episodes that was a little bit too scary for us. So I can remember when that title card popped up and that this episode. I'm not allowed to watch this episode. It's too scary. But that's immediately what I was drawn back to when I when I watched this episode today. Is <laughs> like, oh, I can't watch this episode. Oh, oh, I'm an adult now. I can actually watch this episode. But uh, <laughs> with that said, like I said, I think it punctuates those scenes well and it brings up the intensity. Uh, of those scenes it certainly i think does does the final scene some some good in, in bringing up that the the final battle between batman and and the wolf and him him having to use his his smarts to to out out with the wolf and take it to higher ground and hoping that the lightning would come into play um so uh, with that said while it's not again i didn't give it a perfect score i think that the music is is fairly strong for this i appreciated what they were going for yeah, maybe a little bit more would have brought my score up a little bit higher, but I ended up giving music a 7 out of 10 for this week's episode. And I actually gave it the exact same score, a 7 out of 10. Um, yeah, like like I said, I, I think it's it's certainly, it's memorable because of that Wolfman theme. The rest of the episode, it kind of falls more into the background, but yeah, I think there's it's definitely the best part of the episode, I would say, uh, easily. There we go. Moving on to our final category of the day, Liam. We are going to now discuss our voice cast in our voice acting category. Not a giant cast from what I can see here. We do have a few returning favorites and a couple of newbies here. Who should we point out in this week's voice cast? So, yeah, we have uh, Treat Williams returning as as Dr. Milo. And uh, on one hand, I thought, "Eh, you know, this voice is so, like... He's a little over the top. He's a little like too, you know, Saturday morning cartoon. But that because they went with like that design, which again, as you mentioned, is very much based on uh, the character designs from from the Neil Adams comics in the in the 70s. Um, it's kind of the perfect voice for that look, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he is a he, he's sort of a nerd. Like he just has this unique like Mo Howard bowl cut, mm-hmm. and he sort of looks like I don't know like Hey Arnold or some kind of like <laughs> weird '90s cartoon character uh, meshed together. And but I think the voice fits him perfectly. I think I think it's a great voice casting by Andrea Romano. Agreed. We have uh, Peter Scolari as uh, has the 
as uh, John Hamner, the uh, the <laughs> this random zookeeper that we just keep getting uh, we keep getting uh, t- told is an important part. And as I mentioned, that uh, Bob uh, Robert Casanza as as Harvey Bullock just immediately figures out that he's. <laughs> that he's part of this and that's why they were trying to kill him, which, uh, which did make me laugh. <laughs> we have, uh, we have a uh, hard Hamlin as uh, Tony Romulus, who we actually heard uh, the last month that we, uh, we did Batman when we did our review of the episode Joker's wild, as he voiced the uh, corrupt uh, casino owner uh, Kaiser in that episode. Uh, he comes back here to play the Wolfman. I think he's all right. I don't think he's particularly good, but he's not awful either. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, he only has to show a little bit of emotion. And I thought that the scenes, at least with him and Dr. Milo and the exposition scene, I thought that those were fine. I thought that that was where he was asked to do his most most of his acting, because the rest of it is him either talking to Batman or talking to Bruce in the gym uh, or yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then wrapping it up, just wanted to make a note of this more because of who the actor is, but the uh, the gentleman providing the sound effects of the Wolfman uh, was in fact a man named Frank Welker, who folks might know as the long, and I mean going back to those original Hanna-Barbera cartoons, a uh, longtime voice of Fred in Scooby-Doo. Uh, as well as, uh, uh, actually, I think from for the last couple decades, he's actually been voicing Scooby himself as well, and uh, is also the voice of Megatron on the original Transformers cartoon. So, again, we talked about that. Just once in a while, we'll get this like huge. Uh, obviously, he's more of a voice actor than a than a uh, you know may, maybe most people wouldn't recognize the name, but I mean he's he's had a voice in probably every major cartoon of the last. 40 years or whatever and here he is just making like growling sound effects it's pretty ironic too because there are several times i know it's ripped directly from the comic book but batman calls the wolf man shaggy several different times yes, so he I does. Thought that, that was pretty, pretty funny yes that works whether or not it was intentional or not it does actually work as a little uh a clever little meta joke there but uh yeah, that, that wraps up for our voice cast. We do have Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon briefly. As as mentioned, we have Robert Costanza as Bullock. Uh, a little bit of Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. as Alfred. And then, obviously, Kevin Conroy as Batman. And uh, heaven forgive me for this, Cal. I think this is the worst episode that Kevin Conroy has turned in to this point in the series that we've reviewed. I thought he was pretty bad in this episode. All right, so tell tell me why you think so, and then I will tell you why you're right. Okay. <laughs> and again, I don't necessarily want to blame the – we talk about this a lot. He was doing a job. He was doing as directed, reading lines that were written for him. But Batman is, as we mentioned in this episode, is dumb, and then he has a bunch of quips. But it's also like he runs out of quips after, like, two names – so he just keeps interchangeably calling the Wolfman Shaggy and Harry throughout the whole episode. Yeah. And it's just, again, it's a lot of like Batman reacting to, and then as, as you mentioned in the comic books, you know, a character like Batman can have an inner monologue where he's thinking a lot. 
uh, and can sort of exp- and you can you can use that as a, a narration tool or whatever you need it for. Whereas in in this episode, uh, that and I think you mentioned this earlier, but Batman is just constantly talking to the Wolfman. He's like, "Well, I haven't had much luck with you down here. Let's go up." And he's just he's just narrating to no one in particular. Do me a favor, Shaggy. <laughs> I'm obviously no match for you down here, so let's take this to higher ground. And this works, I feel like this works better if you have a character like Spider-Man or somebody that is, like, yeah. known for just talking incessantly and throwing out a lot of quips. But this is Batman, and it's not even like the, the villain is egging him on and he's responding to the villain. He's just, like, he's having a conversation with himself throughout the whole episode. And it's like, like I said, I don't, I don't think the material's good, and on top, and I don't think, perhaps as a result of the material not being good... I don't think Kevin Conroy is particularly good in this episode either. Yeah, we talked last week a little bit about um, about Andrea Barbeau's uh, uh, performance as Catwoman and maybe not having great dialogue mm-hmm. to use much material. And I feel like Kevin Conroy is a victim of that again in this week's episode. And unfortunately where last week he had to, he had the Herculean task of carrying the entire episode because of the lack of plot. This episode asks much of the same of him. And unfortunately I think he's just robbed by having dialogue that seems to be ripped directly from the comic book and it seemed that they desperately wanted to keep as faithful to this comic as they could and i think like you said i think that that works sometimes for a comic book and maybe just maybe if they had tried something a little bit different done a narrative type type dialogue here where batman is narrating the the story as you go along that may have worked. It's just difficult because, you, like you said, a character can't have that inner monologue that makes it a little bit less quippy. And you're right. It shows up and acts a lot like a different superhero. It doesn't feel Batman-like. And Kevin Conroy, unfortunately, is sort of a victim of that material, I think, in this episode. Um, there's not a lot of strong performances across the board. There's not a lot of opportunity for. I think Robert Costanzo might be the best performance in the episode, <laughs> in my opinion. John Hamner, book, Gotham PD. What, what do you want? About them two wolves somebody boosted. There was no sign of forced entry here, you know. So I'm figuring somebody must unlock the cages and look the other way. I've been checking you out, Hamner. Seems last week your bank account suddenly got bigger by a few grand. So what's the story? I want the truth before I decide to feed you to your furry friends here. All right, all right. You got it. The guy tells me to open the locks and next morning the wolves are gone. What guy? I don't know. I never saw him. He calls me. Pays me off by courier. For all I know, he could be you. You got that wrong, Pally. I'm the guy taking you in. 
he's yeah, funny. He's, yeah, he's good. He's funny, and he, he has... I mean, he doesn't have a lot of dialogue, but he interrogates the the zoo security guard and there's some some funny conversation between there and then when they show up to the 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 construction site where batman is battling the wolf he has to he has to he has to keep talking the other police officers down from trying to shoot at batman which in and of itself i guess it goes back to plot but we have some serious character growth from harvey bullock here from the first episode where there's a very similar situation where they're chasing a beast and batman and he's just trying to shoot batman and now he's been through everything that he's been through with him including the whole joker fish saga and all of that and now he's to the point where he just kind of wants to see what batman can do first and then the police will step in yeah, but yeah, between between Joker Fish and I guess the the Killer Croc episode, he uh, he has uh, he's warmed up a little bit to to Batman's ways and is at least willing to hang back and, and see what happens there. But yeah, I think he I think Robert Sanders does a does the best job of anyone in this plot. By the way, just just a side note, I didn't know where else to bring this up, but did you know, Cal, that this was also made into like a a book on tape? called uh, it was called batman tail and tape so it was basically like a picture book where and you would play a tape and it would have like a narration of the episode while you looked at the pictures i did i mean now that you say it i know what the tail and tape was because i've seen that in various different collectibles and people you know things that people's batman collections but i did not know that this was one of the episodes that they yes they made into a tail and tape yeah, of all episodes, they they picked this one. Um, but yes, this I think the audio of it is actually on YouTube, um, and it like it has some of the the animated series voices, but not all of them. So that's huh. fascinating in its own way. I don't I don't think I uh, I'm I'm curious enough to listen to the whole thing, but I did notice that this episode was not only a comic, it was not only made into an episode, but it was also a tale and tape. Uh, one of the Batman the Animated Series tail and tapes. So there you go. There's another little uh, factoid for you. But yeah, overall, I just I don't think the voice cast is particularly strong in this episode. And I actually gave it a four out of ten this week. Wow. Holy wow. I think that's the lowest. Man, I'd, I'd be interested to find out if we've had a lower score for voice acting yet. Usually we are... We're pretty strong on that. Uh, I, I'm not that far off. I gave it a tick higher. I went a five out of ten. So, uh, wow, that is that is something. <laughs> um, so, um, Liam, I think that brings us to our final scores for today's episode. Totaling everything up for this week's episode, I end up with a final score of 21 out of 40. And I am a tick lower, a few ticks lower, actually. And my final score is a 17 out of 40. Woof. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say this is a skip it and read the comic book if you're interested. Yeah, I think so. Like, again, I know this Dr. Milo character does pop up in Justice League. And I guess he's tangentially responsible for Splicers and Batman Beyond. But I feel like you can piece it. Like, they explain who he is and what he does in the first minute of, I think it's the Doomsday Sanction is the episode he appears in. So, like, I I wouldn't say if you don't watch this episode because 
you feel like you'll be missing a piece of DCAU history if you don't. They just picked a guy who happened to have appeared in a previous show and threw him into a scene. So I like, and they, and again, they explained who he is and what his work is uh, pretty, pretty quickly in that Justice League Unlimited episode. So I don't even think it's worth watching for, for that reason, for the, you know, DCAU historical reasons. I, I think this is a, this is a skit for me. Read the comic if you, if you want to, like I said, it works much better as a comic and you have Neil Adams, great art on top of it. So that's a, that's, that's a much better time than, uh, than watching the cartoon, I think. Yeah, totally agree. Check it out on the DC universe app or go find it in probably like a bargain bin of comics <laughs> at your local comic book shop. All right, Liam, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. We love you guys. Thanks for checking us out. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us if you haven't done so already on your favorite podcast app. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or a podcast app that allows you to leave a review, do us a favor. It helps us out immensely if you leave us a five-star review and just some details about what you like about the program. gives other people the idea of what they have in store if they tune in it also helps us with the algorithm gets us more listens don't forget you can also check us out on our social media pages we are on twitter at dcau review that is liam he's running the twitter page over there and absolutely killing it liam (laughs) we have some exciting stuff coming up with that we've almost reached if not already reached a thousand followers on our twitter page we matched that on our instagram a couple weeks ago so thank you guys we are marching towards our next goal we'll probably do a giveaway in the not too distant future for that and then you can also follow us at DCAU Review and on Instagram. And uh, there we will post clips for upcoming episodes, Flashback Fridays, all kinds of great artwork that's been popping up recently, Batman the Animated Series artwork. And uh, Liam, as we mentioned so frequently on our Twitter page, we we like to give previews about our next upcoming episodes. So if you followed us on Twitter, you already know what next week's episode is. But just in case you haven't done so, let's talk about what we'll be covering next week. That's right. Next week, we actually get a week off from Batman versus Monsters. And except, I mean, unless, of course, you consider man the greatest monster of all. Um, in which case, <laughs> he will be. we will be seeing the return of Kyodai Ken. Uh, we've already reviewed Night of the Ninja. You can hear that back in our archives at DCAUReview.com. And this time, it is Day of the Samurai coming up next. All right, we'll be looking uh, forward to that. Brush up on your history. If you haven't listened to Night of the Ninja, you can hear that in the archives or on your favorite streaming app. Don't forget also to check out Batman The Adventures Continue. That is the comic book. We will be releasing our next bonus episode, reviewing the next two chapters of that, Liam. Lots to talk about for that, so that'll be (laughs) upcoming here on the channel as well. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the very next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.